everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Smith, co-host of the dreaded Indianapolis Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo. Please be sure to follow us on social media. Hey, you know what? Bump the tw- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and skip bump it. the social media. Yeah. I mean, y'all know us. The Colts cast on Twitter, Instagram, at Colts cast. YouTube, we're up on there. We're probably not going to be up on here any longer <laughs> very soon. If I have to watch one more. Colts game this season. The Colts fall to 4-10-1 after this Monday night football primetime loss against the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know about you, Jamal. This this has got to be the worst game. I, I don't know. The Vikings game was really bad, too, but at least it was, it was fun. It was yeah. fun for the first half. This entire game, our offense, uh, ugly, I, sloppy. I, I know you want to. I know you want to talk your stuff, but go ahead, bro. No, go ahead, take off. I don't like. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to watch a Colts game anymore. I almost came up for this game. I almost came yeah, up right yep. after Christmas. Yep. To to see this Monday Night Football game, I was like, Colts at home. You know, they're going to put up a fight against the Chargers. No, there, this would have been the worst. <laughs> Colts football game to go to this year. There were boos all throughout the building. Nick Fulton. <laughs> where where do you want to start? Because <laughs> I'm starting pregame. Yeah, I'm starting oh. pregame. Okay. During during ESPN Monday Night Football, where they did a Jim Ursay interview, where he was talking his talk, and and I was so glad they did this because we we needed to hear. You know, we haven't heard enough. We've seen plenty of games of Jim riding off in his golf cart into the, the game with that sad look on his face. But finally, we got a chance to kind of hear his thought process of what's going on. And and there were a couple of things that really just shook me when he was talking. Uh, you know, they were asking him questions about firing Frank Wright and how he felt about that. Jim Racer said he reluctantly uh, signed Frank to that extension. Reluctantly signed him to that extension. Which is weird to me because I'm pretty sure... Last year, at the end, though, after we lost that Jacksonville game, after he had this, quote, stern talk with Frank and all of this, they talked about how they were excited, ready to move forward with the team, looking into this year to see what was going on. So I don't know where the reluctancy was really coming from because you kind of made yourself a hypocrite for what you just said or what you said at the end of last season and the beginning of this season. You wouldn't have extended him had you not thought he was the guy. So I was like, yeah, I don't really agree with that. Second thing he said, didn't agree with. He said he still thinks very highly of Matt Ryan. He still thinks that Matt Ryan is is one of the greatest quarterbacks. And I I, I just don't understand what he's seeing with that either. I mean, because he's got to be talking about career wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely career wise. Got to be right. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, even career wise, I mean, I, I you got to look at all this stuff sideways. Next, he talked about Jeff Saturday. He said he instantly engaged with Jeff after the Patriots game. He said that if Jeff wasn't all in and he wasn't ready, Reich wouldn't have lost his job that same, you know, that that same week that 
he um he talked to Jeff. He said he would have waited out a little longer. He didn't say how long, so it could have been until Jeff was ready. Because I'm gonna assume based off of what he said that he had no other no other coaches in mind. He didn't want to go with any other coach except for Jeff Saturday. So let's just think about it for a couple minutes. If Jeff would have said no, Frank would have still been there right now, probably coaching these last couple of games. Would he be in the same boat for one? Probably. Secondly, would we be would we have less pressure or more pressure on the Chris Ballards, on the offensive coordinators? Oh, I mean, we can't really have any pressure on the defense because they've they've been playing lights out. So I'm just a little confused on the thought process of how he went through this one with, you know, just making sure that Jeff Saturday was his guy. And the last thing was they just talked about the uh, Rooney rule. Um, you know, of course, it's not really in effect during the interim period. So he did say that uh, he knew he wanted Jeff. And going forward, of course, after the season, they'll abide by the Rooney rule as per protocol, where they'll give everybody an opportunity to to, to apply for the job and, and et cetera. But I, I just don't know. And with my conscious mind, I would like to think that he wouldn't even entertain Jeff being the head coach moving forward. But, you know. I've seen Jim Irsay do plenty of crazy things in his past, uh, present, and I can only see him doing it in his future as well. But besides all of that, Eric, besides all of that, most importantly to me, out of that entire conversation, was his one quote he said, and I quote, Chris Ballard will be the GM next year. Chris Ballard will, W-I-L-L, be the G as in general M as in manager next year. I don't understand that. I don't understand uh, it. That's all. Well, I, I I didn't expect him to say anything bad about Jeff Saturday. It, it is interesting, you know. He still believes he's an outstanding candidate. He didn't have to, you know, fall in love with him during this segment. But um yeah, I I don't know. I, I think he's a professional tanker. Like Jim Mercer knows what he's doing. He's getting us a top five pick. Uh, he's saying what needs to be said. Now we we've seen we've seen a lot of the front office go back on their on their words about you know Frank Wright, Matt Ryan, things like that. So I I don't know. This could all just be a ploy to get the tank in to be nice, play Mister Nice Guy. I know a lot of people aren't aren't happy with with the Chris Ballard statement though. A lot of people want to see Chris Ballard out, uh, myself included. I. I think his time, his time is done. Just like Frank, uh, Frank Wright, just like Matt Ryan. I, I think they all need to go in a trio. But yeah, I hear you, Jamal. It's <laughs> it was an interesting, interesting conversation to say the least. But yeah, definitely interesting. And the last thing I want to say about that, and I promise I'll let you, we'll talk about the game. Uh, Adam Schefter said that, and, and of course, you know, I take everything with a grain of salt because I know that journalists are just doing their job. But of course, Schefter gets a lot of information. So he also said that Jim Ursay was looking to talk to college coaches um, as far as, you know, possibly moving up to the NFL. Now, I know as time goes on, more of this will come out. And I would assume when he says college coaches, we can drop the S off the coaches and uh, or the ES off there and just put insert Jim Harbaugh. But I don't know. I could be wrong. But if, besides him, I mean, I, I just I'm not a big fan of bringing these college coaches up to the league. Um, just, 
especially just because I look at the rotation rotational door you have of recruiting. You know, in the NFL, you're not recruiting anymore. And I know that a coach, a coach has to, you know, put in that work and then get to the league, et cetera. But when you have that rotating door for recruiting and all of this good jazz, you're selling you're selling a dream to a kid uh, who's going to come in and work as hard as he can, and you're going to play against, you know, good teams, bad teams, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And the NFL is not – it's, it's an even playing field. Everybody is at an elite level there. So I just kind of don't like to get too hung up on the college coaches coming into the league um, because typically there's a reason why they're in college. It's, it's because they, they can't figure out how to run an NFL team because it's a completely different ballgame. We look at the Nick Sabans. We look at the Jim Harbaugh. Well, he did good when he was with San Francisco, uh, but then he dropped back down after that. Uh, and I, I just look at so many of these offensive coaches, Cliff Kingsbury. I, I feel like after a while he'll go back to college as well. Um, Brian, uh, Then Brian Kelly, he was an NFL coach for a little bit as well, I believe. He went back to college. I mean, these guys, they, 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 their, their fit is in college. Uh, it's because they have, they have those players who are – the top of their, you know, the top of their class, their top 100 players every time they step on the field with these major schools, these power five schools. But then when they get to the league, it's an even neutral playing field. So um, I don't know. I could be thinking into that way too far, especially this earlier on. But I just kind of, like I said, unless he's really talking about Jim, which I assume that's what it is. I just don't really want to hear about talking to college coaches when there are plenty of good NFL coaches out there who are ready to step up to the plate. But. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of candidates out there. Um, if we're talking about Jim Harbaugh, he, he has been successful in the NFL. I want to say, I mean, he he has a winning record. Definitely, I don't. I think it's up there in the sixty or seventy percent. So yeah. he's definitely found success in the NFL, and I would be happy if we somehow landed him. Oh yeah. But yeah, I I agree, Jamal. Some people they they can't coach at that level. It's just it's just not for them. We've seen it. We've seen it happen before. But boy, what happened with this Chargers game? I I know we're gonna start with the offense. <laughs> yeah, you got to. <laughs> zero for ten on third down. How do you do that? How do you not convert one third down? I mean, y'all have to explain that to me. One hundred and seventy three yards of total offense. <laughs> Can't even get two hundred total. It, Chargers defense isn't that great either. Like just this season, Nick Foles. <laughs> it, it it's really funny actually because I think we said you know, hey Nick Foles, you know Sam Ellinger, they're they're definitely going to be better options than Matt Ryan. Nope, <laughs> that was a lie. Yeah, I <laughs> I guess Sam Ellinger could be a better option, but. I think we know <laughs> Nick Foles is definitely not the answer. 17 for 29, 143 yards, 4.9 yards per attempt to go along with zero touchdowns and three interceptions. Also took seven sacks. Not all on him, but he took seven sacks. Nick Foles was atrocious this game. This this might have been the worst quarterback performance I've ever seen this season. Um I mean, he he overthrew Jelani for a bad pick for his first pick. Then the next drive, boom, just just missed to Paris Campbell. I I think he was trying to throw a lob up there, but I I think that was a bad pass in general. We probably shouldn't have done that anyway, and he would have had been perfect to hit Campbell. But of course, during James, he he, he jumped that. Um, uh, then the third set, uh, third interception. <laughs> 
I mean, just can't read coverages. I, I, I don't understand. At that point, I was just sitting there, just give Sam Ellinger a chance. At this point, just give him a chance. We aren't winning this game. We're not beating the Giants next week. We're not going to even beat the Texans. We are Didn't the worst team in the <laughs> NFL. We are the worst team in the NFL. Why? Even though our defense has been above average great, it doesn't matter. Our defense can't always generate points. If we can only put up a, a fucking field goal a game, it's over. We're the worst team in the NFL. The Texans. The Texans went to OT with the Kansas City Chiefs. They just beat the Titans last week. A team we can't beat ever. And they went like, to OT with the Cowboys, right? The Texans? Or did they just lose? Did they I think just they, just, they the lost a close game. They yeah. lost a close game. Look, they're fighting. <laughs> us on the other hand i don't know what we're i mean this is this is some illuminati tanking at this point because i've i don't know what's going on um you know zach moss got to be the brightest spot of the offense of the day 12 carries 65 yards i mean he averaged over five yards per carry yet we we abandoned that game we said nick Foles, let's gonna let's put the ball in your hands Let's see if you can make plays instead of keep running on the ground with Zach Moss because he was looking good. I kept asking myself, what are we going to do without Jonathan Taylor? You know, he he's our star running back. Zach Moss, I mean, we, we got two straight games of, of him putting up some efficient numbers. I like it. I like the way he's running. He runs differently than JT, of course, but he gets it done. Um, Jordan Wilkins needs to be dropped back to the practice squad. Uh, after his horrific drop, I, I'm sorry. I, I probably shouldn't. It. Oh my goodness, these elementary play calls, our receiving core, we're not using them to their full potential. Uh, Jelani Woods was our leading receiver for the day, three catches, 43 yards. I liked how we were getting them going early. I liked I, it. I did too until they decided to put Mac in there for a play, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no wonder." But oh, yeah. keep going. That <laughs> Molly Cox, he he must know somebody on the Colts uh, front office because I don't. <laughs> My man got dirt on them, boy. Yeah. Um. Look, Molly Cox, he's okay. But we know, we now know, Jelani Woods is better. Jelani Woods seems to only get targets when Kylan Granson is out be the only time and we've seen him flourish with these targets so i'm not saying get rid of kylan granson but that there seems to be a correlation with giving jelani woods the ball and our offense moving the chains like that there's there's something there and i hope the coaching staff figures this out for next season i guess i don't care what they do this season because this season's over but we, we need to make sure Jelani Woods is in the game plan next year. Like, we have to. Uh, now, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, all of them had sub-40-yard games. Um, they did what they could. Um, that this was, this was all, and I mean all, on the quarterback and offensive line play. Um, I can't really fault the receivers. Um, I don't know, Jamal, what do you think? Let me stop talking. No, everything you said was exactly right, man. It was just sloppy, piss-poor game. It was just horrendous watching it. Nick Foles looked like, I mean, a, a thing of molasses moving in the backfield. 
just taking hits, falling over. I mean, even when he was getting sacked, he wasn't even getting slung to the ground. He was just standing there and like take like three minutes to fall. Like, dog, just fall over. Like, the Yo, play is over. It's crazy. He, he tried to scramble up yeah. <laughs> past the line of scrimmage, and he just like kind of curled up into a baby ball <laughs> when when someone was coming at. Like, exactly. I, I mean, if that's not tanking at its finest, I yeah. don't know what is. And yeah, yeah, you're right. He could not move in the pocket. He wasn't even aware of the pocket crumbling. Yep. When he when the pocket was crumbling, he couldn't do anything. He he looked. He looked like a a seventh round rookie out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It was bad, man. It was it was very bad. And you think, I mean, again, in all seriousness, if you're gonna, if you expect, if you're really trying to win, you're gonna put this third string for what it's worth. All right, second string quarterback, even though he's been third string for what it's worth, couple of games he hadn't even dressed out for. Put him in as a first string starting quarterback this week. He gets what three three four days of reps with the first team, and that's it. And you're supposed to be able. I mean, it was a, it was a clear clear on that uh, that pass he tried to get to. I think it was Alec Pierce, where it just they weren't communicating. Where he threw it and Pierce stopped on his route, and and Foles kept throwing it. That's literally just communication where you're not you're not used to working with yep. the receivers you're around. Um, and, and 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 it kills me because going back to what you're saying about the elementary play calling, at this point, if you know that we're gonna go over. For every third down, man, go as deep as you can in the playbook and start doing the double passes like like the Chargers did. I mean, have fun with this. Stop worrying about these little quick four and outs, you know, of uh, four out um, passing, you know, not so much four and out downs wise, but a four yard route and getting the ball back. Stop worrying about that. Go ahead and try to do something fancier because what what do you have to lose? Would you rather have the game more entertaining from you getting lucky on a double pass or a flea flicker or anything or just go for the steady three and out, long, boring, drawn out game with the defense having to be on the field for well over half of the game? Because it was just just horrendous to watch. I just don't understand. I mean, we look at that that fourth and one where we try to go for it on, on – Nick Foles tries to scramble or uh, tries to get the QB sneak. My man couldn't even. First off, the line couldn't even get a two inch push. Nick Foles, unathletic self, couldn't even get. He couldn't jump over the top. I'm pretty sure, Eric, me, you, or any of the listeners probably could have had a better chance of getting up and getting the ball over there. My man was still reaching for his life three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, so I didn't really know what was going on there. But I just look at this entire, entire scheme. That this team had going on. It's just hideous. Like you said, all receivers under 40 yards less Jelani. I mean, I mean that, that's that's just crazy to think about. It's crazy. What? Nothing, nothing was hidden. And, I mean, we watched Joe Buck. We watched Troy Aikman just laugh the entire game. And I know it's their job to be PC and they're, you know, they're not supposed to pick sides. But you know when they started laughing, and they're like, "Well, maybe Nick Foles, or excuse me, maybe Sam will get in this drive." Oh wait, never mind. No, he won't. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, what? What else can you say? You got a, a a Hall of Fame quarterback just picking apart every play and every defense right before the play starts, and it's just like, "Well, he was right with that." Well, he was right with that. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it was horrendous. Um... I I don't I want Sam Ellinger to get one full game kind of like Nick Foles did. Yeah. I you know in hindsight I'm kind of glad they didn't throw him to the Wolves down twenty to three. Mm-hmm. 
quarter when you know this offense they, they weren't in it anymore. Um, maybe they could have been. Uh, maybe there could have been a spark with Sam Ellinger coming in. Doesn't matter. The game the game was over at that point. But yeah, that fourth and one QB sneak that power didn't generate any or that line didn't generate any movement. Nick Foles couldn't do anything. It, yeah, I mean that's what we're gonna do on every fourth and one. That's that's all. <laughs> all of that, so. Um, offensive line they they were getting again. Can't blame it all on them, but you got to give Nick Foles a little bit more time to throw a ball next year or two. Just when when you're pass blocking for once, like I didn't see them actually dominate, really have a super clean pocket at all. Bernard Raymond was getting dominated by um, Khalil Mack all night. And did you, did you see the play when they timed Khalil getting the sack? It was like three point four seconds. So I mean, like you said, they didn't even give he didn't even get a chance. Foles didn't even get a chance to develop the play before he got hit. Yeah, it it, it was ugh, it was bad. I I don't really know how Quinn Nelson made the Pro Bowl, but shout out to him. Um, Popularity contest, man. Yeah, just <sighs> this line isn't playing to their standard to to how much money they're making. We all know that. Um, this is the most sacks I think we've given up in a game uh, since being under Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we know the offensive line is still bad. Jeff Saturday hasn't really changed that all too much. Yeah. Offense was awful. Absolutely. I mean, it, it showed we are the worst team in the NFL. There was nothing that got going. Um, I'm actually rooting for them to put Sam Ellinger in next week. I I want to we we have to at least give him a look at this point cuz we we definitely don't want to give a look at Nick Foles anymore. I I think that was it. <laughs> I mean, sale. Yeah, the fact that I know you said he hasn't had much first team reps, but come on, man. You won a Super Bowl. <laughs> You're a 33-year-old vet. I mean, there are things that you weren't doing as a veteran out there. So, I don't want to hear that mess. Um, we've been saying those accolades don't mean nothing, dog. Well, we thought it did. <laughs> I, I, I thought we thought it meant something a little bit. Um, get Sam Ellinger in there. Let's see what he's about the last two games. We'll get a deeper analysis on him. Uh, this could, especially if Chris Ballard's still going to be here, this could sway us into not taking a quarterback in the first round. So, been saying that at least. At least give him a chance. We'll see if it happens. I'm done talking about this offense. Defense. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before, you, before you go there, I just want to say this is just a roundabout quote for the entire team. I just don't want to forget it. That's why I'm going to say it. I'm not saying that Jeff Saturday is not a good head coach because, I I mean, I can see what he has going on right now. But, again, he walked into a shit show uh, for what it's worth. He walked into a terrible situation. Of course, he didn't have the experience and all that. But I just want to be clear that Jeff Saturday, for all of you fans who are listening, Remember, guys, Jeff Saturday is a good talker. He's a good speaker. He can rah-rah you up to make you think that it's something that it's not. It's clear, based off of what he said week by week, oh, this intensity, this, 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 this. Nothing's produced, okay? It's the, it's actually just the polar opposite of Frank Wright, where Wright would say nothing, and you would get nothing. Saturday builds you up, yeah, 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 just to disappoint you. You know, it, it's that that that's how that's all it is. 
Again, I'm not going to go down a deep, dark path of his coaching, but I just want to make it clear that, you know, no matter what he's going to say at the end of this press conference, he's going to say it's on me, it's on this, it's on that. Next week, here's our game plan. Remember, it's a, it's it's fluff. He's a good speaker. He's going to make you feel comfortable. He's going to make you feel good. Even though you know there's no positive outcome, he's going to make you feel good for just that brief second in time while he speaks. So just remember that. Don't get too excited for what's to come for the next two weeks. He could very well be your next head coach in the 2023 yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> Defense, what's up? Defense. I I feel bad for this defense. This Gus Bradley defense. It's good. It's a really good defense. I I really think so. I they gave up 20 points. That's fine. That's that's really fine, but you know, when when your offense can't do anything and you're on the field all the time, <laughs> there's only so much you can do, man. There's just so much, you know. Um, but yeah, the defense, I thought, I mean, they started off the game hot, you know, DeForest Buckner. I mean, he showed us why we paid him so much. He showed us why he was worth the first round pick. Uh, he, he got a great, great third and one stop at the beginning of the game, forced a three and out. Zaire Franklin will pass deflection and tip the ball up for Rodney Thomas to intercept that. Intercepting Justin Herbert, that feels good. Uh, happened right after the Nick Foles interception, so we needed that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I thought the defense played really well. You know, we got a couple sacks in there. I think we got four, actually. Um, so DeForest Buckner looked really good. Dio Dingbo, or Dingbo, looked really good. Got to the QB a lot. Uh, got two QB hits, one and a half sacks, one tackle for a loss. Quiddy Pay didn't fill the stat sheet. But he he was playing well. Um, I I <laughs> I really thought the defense they they did their thing. Um, even after the multiple Nick Foles interceptions, I, I think they did a lot of good things. Like right before halftime, they held them to a field goal, even though you know Chargers got you know amazing field position right after that turnover. So um, they they held them to field goal. It was ten to three at half. Like that that's good. Uh, even though the Chargers got the ball right back. But, I mean, we, we were setting up opportunities for the offense. The offense just couldn't capitalize. Um, defense started to break down. You know, the same the same thing that happens the last two or three Colts games. Defense breaks down after a while. It happens um, when your offense can't produce. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team, came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Yep. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. You're hundred percent right. Defense did what they're supposed to do. Looked good. I mean, what, I think we got the defense got the turnover early and offense turned it over the very next play. I mean, that's demoralizing. 
It's all demoralizing. And these guys still played their their heart out the entire game. Very sloppy game overall. So and again, like you see, even though the defense led up with the those points, I mean, for what it's worth, for what we had going on, the Chargers only capitalized off of off of um fatigue. I feel like they only capitalize off fatigue. I mean, there's only so much you can do when you're having to let a team go for a 70, 80 yard drive because you know if you get them off the field, then we're just going to give the ball right back to them. Um, so, yeah, defense. I, I like what they did all all game long. I'm not mad at them. And it, like you said, Eric, it just sucks to have such a talented defense, especially because I I was the biggest hypocrite at the beginning of the season. I said I hate the fact that we're not going to be blitzing. I really wanted to see a lot of pressure on the blitz. But even without the pressure being to the quarterback, they've been they've been really good overall, really good overall. Uh, Grove has had a great season. D. Bucks had a great season. Yannick, even though it didn't feel like it, he's had a great season. Um, uh, when we have Quiddy Pay in there, he's doing his thing. So it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating to see it because I mean, I, there, there's nothing. There's nothing positive you can really even give. We can give the defense praise, but again, when we look at the scoreboard, you're going to be like, well, looks like they just let it all up, but none of that's indicative of how they played because for this, what, I don't know how many weeks in a row, offense has not put up more than six points, and it's just bad. So, Yeah, I mean, we held, even though the Chargers' run game isn't anything to write home about, we held them to 3.2 yards per rush. Uh, Justin Herbert, he didn't throw any passing touchdowns. I mean... He was 24-31 for 235 yards, but really it's, I mean, they were set up so well off some interceptions and turnover. It just, I I do think Keenan Allen was eating us up. Um, He had 11 catches for 104 yards, and Mike Williams, four catches, 76 yards. Had a couple big plays, Um, but even then, if if we had a competent offense, you know, that, that game, that game is very competitive, you know. Motion sway one way. Uh, yep. We got morale, different type of different type of energy going into the fourth. If it's yep. like a three point game, you know, e- everything changes there. Um, Derwin James, um, he got ejected for that big hit on Ashton Doolin. Ooh, yeah, that was terrible. Uh, I can't really decide whether it, it doesn't look like he had ill intentions. Um, it looks like he he made contact. With his helmet, with the shoulder first, mm-hmm. and then it kind of just—I mean, it, it kind of just fell through. But he had Doolin got obliterated right there, and I hope yeah, he's okay. He yeah, I hope he's okay um, too. I mean, the guy definitely lowered his helmet, so uh, he got ejected. But not really sure. I, you know, a lot of people will call that a clean hit. I, I don't know if I'll call that a clean hit. Looked right. pretty defenseless to me, but. Uh, it, it's hard to make those calls, you know, whether it's, I mean, it's called targeting in college, but uh, they just call it unnecessary roughness, uh, un- unnecessary rough, roughness. Yeah. Unnecessary yeah. Mm-hmm. roughness uh, in NFL, but hope he's okay. Um, I, I don't know what to do about this team. I, I can't wait till the off season. I think that's, that's yeah. what it's, it's all about right now. It's what are we going to do in the off season to improve this team? If if at if let's see the last game is on two weeks from now is that right? Should be. Should so have two in, games left. 
yeah, on on two weeks from now, on yeah, so fourteen days from now, because our last game will be on a Sunday, which actually I think it's TBD on the seventh or the eighth, so it'll probably get flexed out to Saturday. Um, so let's say then if it's on Saturday. Chris Ballard should be fired immediately after that last game. There should just be zero conversation about it. The discussion should be done. He should be packing up his stuff. Everybody else should be moving their stuff out of the building. And we can just talk about it all offseason long. There, There is no reason why on January the 9th, Chris Ballard is still the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. That that, that should be long gone by that well, Jim Mercer already told you that's going to be the case. So Man, listen. Unless he goes back on his words, which now at this point, I don't think he will, Chris Ballard will be drafting come April. So wild to me. So wild. Chris Ballard hid like a toddler this entire season behind his mom's leg. And, or I should say his daddy's leg, Jim Mercer. Didn't do anything. Let everybody take the downfall for his for his well, you know, and I, I really do think here's here's my here's my conspiracy theory. I think that Jim Ballard or Jim Ballard <laughs> it should be their names. Uh, Jim Ursay, as I've said before, is starting to have this Jerry Jones effect where he has always has his hands in the pot. And I look at Jim, I look at Chris Ballard as as a yes man to him. He's gonna let he's gonna say okay. He's not even gonna fight with him. He's not gonna combat with him. He's gonna just be like, okay, we'll do this, we'll do that. Because we already know Ballard doesn't like to spend money. Super conservative. He doesn't want to spend any money. He wants to try to work from within, get this, get this this talent without having to go the real route that you need to go in the NFL to get that generational talent like you need to. Um, again, like we like we've said a hundred times before, no player is guaranteed to be your franchise player. We we all understand that. However, you do know with your lower draft picks that these guys are supposed to be, in theory, your generational players. So, as long as Ballard can sit there and say, okay, all right, that's fine, we, we'll, we'll stick out the way we have. I think Jim Mercer likes that because Jim Mercer want to have his hands in the pot. I'm sure there are plenty of general managers out there, the John Lynches and these guys. Of course, Kyle Shanahan is a great coach, but the John Lynches and these guys who probably – rule the tight fists as a, as a general manager they want to be able to do their job to the best of their ability not have the owner stepping in and dabbling in every single time you want to make a move on something and i've watched jerry jones do it for years which is why he's the president ceo blah blah blah, blah. everything under the sun except for what he needs to be is just the owner i feel like jim is trying to get to that point where he runs every single thing and it's his way or no way but he still tries to keep the public persona of this, like, cool guy. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I, I just don't, I don't think it's, I don't know, man. It's just not sitting right with me. It's just not sitting right with me. No, yeah. He's, he's definitely got his hands in the pot. And he's having, he, he has a lot of influence. We've seen it already. We've seen a lot of fires, seen a lot of moves. But it's just been, uh, it's been an awful season. It's been a forgettable one. I'm, I'm ready for the season to be over. Yeah. Like I said, what do we do in the offseason to get better from here? We've hit rock bottom. What do we do to get out from the bottom? We got the draft coming up. We have offseason moves coming up. Can we get some players in the offseason? Can we, can we move Matt Ryan? Things like that. Who do we draft in the first, second, third round? All of that. Who's going to be our next OC? Who's going to be our next head coach? There are a lot of things to fill before next season. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, there are. There are. The last thing I'm going to say is that's why I don't think that Sean Payton will plug up the job. He's going to take it from Jim Mercer. Or anybody else. He ain't got
tried equipping up his, his coaching staff, man. He knows what he wants. He knows what he wants. You know, he wants to get a quarterback that he wants. Man. I, I, I'd be so Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all take care. Take care.